Chapter One of Book Eight of Les Miserables, Volume Two by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kalinda. Les Miserables, Volume Two by Victor Hugo. Translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book Eighth. Cemeteries take that which is committed to them. Chapter One, which treats of the manner of entering a convent. It was into this house that Jean Valjean had, as Fauchelevent expressed it, fallen from the sky. He had scaled the wall of the garden which formed the angle of the Rue Polonceau. That hymn of the angels which he had heard in the middle of the night was the nuns chanting matins. That hall of which he had caught a glimpse in the gloom was the chapel. That phantom which he had seen stretched on the ground was the sister who was making reparation. That bell, the sound of which had so strangely surprised him, was the gardener's bell attached to the knee of Father Fauchelevent. Cosette once put to bed, Jean Valjean and Fauchelevent had, as we have already seen, supped on a glass of wine and a bit of cheese before a good crackling fire. Then, the only bed in the hut being occupied by Cosette, each threw himself on a truss of straw. Before he shut his eyes, Jean Valjean said, I must remain here henceforth. This remark trotted through Fauchelevent's head all night long. To tell the truth, neither of them slept. Jean Valjean, feeling that he was discovered, and that Javert was on his scent, understood that he and Cosette were lost if they returned to Paris. Then the new storm which had just burst upon him had stranded him in this cloister. Jean Valjean had henceforth but one thought, to remain there. Now, for an unfortunate man in his position, this convent was both the safest and the most dangerous of places. The most dangerous, because as no men might enter there, if he were discovered it was a flagrant offence, and Jean Valjean would find but one step intervening between the convent and the prison. The safest, because if he could manage to get himself accepted there and remain there, who would ever seek him in such a place? To dwell in an impossible place was safety. On his side, Fauchelevent was cudgelling his brains. He began by declaring to himself that he understood nothing of the matter. How had Monsieur Madeleine got there, when the walls were what they were? Cloister walls are not to be stepped over. How did he get there with a child? One cannot scale a perpendicular wall with a child in one's arms. Who was that child? Where did they both come from? Since Fauchelevent had lived in the convent, he had heard nothing of Monsieur Sur M., and he knew nothing of what had taken place there. Father Madeleine had an air which discouraged questions. And besides, Fauchelevent said to himself, One does not question a saint. Monsieur Madeleine had preserved all his prestige in Fauchelevent's eyes. Only, from some words which Jean Valjean had let fall, the gardener thought he could draw the inference that Monsieur Madeleine had probably become bankrupt through the hard times, and that he was pursued by his creditors, or that he had compromised himself in some political affair and was in hiding, which last did not displease Fauchelevent, who, like many of our peasants of the north, had an old fund of Bonapartism about him. 
While in hiding, Monsieur Madeleine had selected the convent as a refuge, and it was quite simple that he should wish to remain there. But the inexplicable point, to which Fauchelevent returned constantly, and over which he wearied his brain, was that Monsieur Madeleine should be there, and that he should have that little girl with him. Fauchelevent saw them, touched them, spoke to them, and still did not believe it possible. The incomprehensible had just made its entrance into Fauchelevent's hut. Fauchelevent groped about amid conjectures, and could see nothing clearly but this. Monsieur Madeleine saved my life. This certainty alone was sufficient, and decided his course. He said to himself, It is my turn now. He added in his conscience, Monsieur Madeleine did not stop to deliberate when it was a question of thrusting himself under the cart for the purpose of dragging me out. He made up his mind to save Monsieur Madeleine. Nevertheless, he put many questions to himself, and made himself diverse replies. And what he did for me, would I save him if he were a thief? Just the same. If he were an assassin, would I save him? Just the same. Since he is a saint, shall I save him? Just the same. But what a problem it was to manage to have him remain in the convent. Fauchelevent did not recoil in the face of this almost chimerical undertaking, this poor peasant of Picardy, without any other ladder than his self-devotion, his good will, and a little of that old rustic cunning, on this occasion enlisted in the service of a generous enterprise, undertook to scale the difficulties of the cloister and the steep escarpments of the rule of Saint-Benoît. Father Fauchelevent was an old man who had been an egoist all his life, and who, towards the end of his days, halt, infirm, with no interest left to him in the world, found it sweet to be grateful, and perceiving a generous action to be performed, flung himself upon it like a man who, at the moment when he is dying, should find close to his hand a glass of good wine which he had never tasted, and should swallow it with avidity. We may add that the air which he had breathed for many years in this convent had destroyed all personality in him, and had ended by rendering a good action of some kind absolutely necessary to him. So he took his resolve, to devote himself to Monsieur Madeleine. We have just called him a poor peasant of Picardy. That description is just but incomplete. At the point of this story which we have now reached, a little of Father Fauchelevent's physiology becomes useful. He was a peasant, but he had been a notary, which added trickery to his cunning, and penetration to his ingenuousness. Having through various causes failed in his business, he had descended to the calling of a carter and a laborer. But in spite of oaths and lashings, which horses seemed to require, something of the notary had lingered in him. He had some natural wit, he talked good grammar, he conversed, which is a rare thing in a village, and the other peasants said of him, he talks almost like a gentleman with a hat. Fauchelevent belonged, in fact, to that species which the impertinent and flippant vocabulary of the last century qualified as demi-bourgeois, demi-lout, and which the metaphor showered by the chateau upon the thatched cottage, ticketed in the pigeonhole of the plebeian, rather rustic, rather citified, pepper and salt. Fauchelevent, though sorely tried and harshly used by fate, worn out, a sort of poor, threadbare old soul, was nevertheless an impulsive man, and extremely spontaneous in his actions, a precious quality which prevents one from ever being wicked. His defects and his vices, for he had some, were all superficial. In short, his physiognomy was of the kind which succeeds within an observer. 
His aged face had none of those disagreeable wrinkles at the top of the forehead which signify malice or stupidity. At daybreak Father Fauchelevent opened his eyes, after having done an enormous deal of thinking, and beheld Monsieur Madeleine seated on his truss of straw, and watching Cosette's slumbers. Fauchelevent sat up and said, Now that you are here, how are you going to contrive to enter? This remark summed up the situation and aroused Jean Valjean from his reverie. The two men took counsel together. In the first place, said Fauchelevent, you will begin by not setting foot outside of this chamber, either you or the child. One step in the garden and we are done for. That is true. Monsieur Madeleine, resumed Fauchelevent, you have arrived at a very auspicious moment, I mean to say, a very inauspicious moment. One of the ladies is very ill. This will prevent them from looking much in our direction. It seems that she is dying. The prayers of the forty hours are being said. The whole community is in confusion. That occupies them. The one who is on the point of departure is a saint. In fact, we are all saints here. All the difference between them and me is that they say our cell, and that I say my cabin. The prayers for the dying are to be said, and then the prayers for the dead. We shall be at peace here for today, but I will not answer for tomorrow. Still, observed Jean Valjean, this cottage is in the niche of the wall. It is hidden by a sort of ruin. There are trees. It is not visible from the convent. And I add that the nuns never come near it. Well, said Jean Valjean, the interrogation mark which accentuated this well signified, it seems to me that one may remain concealed here? It was to this interrogation point that Fauchelevent responded, There are the little girls. What little girls? asked Jean Valjean. Just as Fauchelevent opened his mouth to explain the words which he had uttered, a bell emitted one stroke. The nun is dead, said he. There is the knell. And he made a sign to Jean Valjean to listen. The bell struck a second time. It is the knell, Monsieur Madeleine. The bell will continue to strike once a minute for twenty-four hours, until the body is taken from the church. You see, they play. At recreation hours it suffices to have a ball roll aside, to send them all hither, in spite of prohibitions, to hunt and rummage for it all about here. Those cherubs are devils. Who? asked Jean Valjean. The little girls. You would be very quickly discovered. They would shriek, Oh, a man! There is no danger to-day. There will be no recreation hour. The day will be entirely devoted to prayers. You hear the bell. As I told you, a stroke each minute. It is the death knell. I understand, Father Fauchelevent, there are pupils. And Jean Valjean thought to himself, Here is Cosette's education already provided. Fauchelevent exclaimed, Pardine, there are little girls indeed, and they would bawl around you, and they would rush off. To be a man here is to have the plague. You see how they fasten a bell to my paw as though I were a wild beast. Jean Valjean fell into more and more profound thought. This convent would be our salvation, he murmured. Then he raised his voice. Yes, the difficulty is to remain here. No, said Fauchelevent, the difficulty is to get out. Jean Valjean felt the blood rush back to his heart. To get out? Yes, Monsieur Madeleine. In order to return here, it is first necessary to get out. And after waiting until another stroke of the knell had sounded, Fauchelevent went on. You must not be found here in this fashion. Whence come you? For me you fall from heaven, because I know you. But the nuns require one to enter by the door. 
All at once they heard a rather complicated pealing from another bell. Ah, said Fauchelevent, they are ringing up the vocal mothers. They are going to the chapter. They always hold a chapter when anyone dies. She died at daybreak. People generally do die at daybreak. But cannot you get out by the way in which you entered? Come, I do not ask for the sake of questioning you, but how did you get in? Jean Valjean turned pale. The very thought of descending again into that terrible street made him shudder. You make your way out of a forest filled with tigers, and once out of it, imagine a friendly council that shall advise you to return thither. Jean Valjean pictured to himself the whole police force still engaged in swarming in that quarter, agents on the watch, sentinels everywhere, frightful fists extended toward his collar, Javert at the corner of the intersection of the streets, perhaps. Impossible, said he. Father Fauchelevent, say that I fell from the sky. But I believe it, I believe it, retorted Fauchelevent. You have no need to tell me that. The good God must have taken you in his hand for the purpose of getting a good look at you close to, and then dropped you. Only he meant to place you in a man's convent. He made a mistake. Come, there goes another peal. That is to order the porter to go and inform the municipality that the dead doctor is to come here and view a corpse. All that is the ceremony of dying. These good ladies are not at all fond of that visit. A doctor is a man who does not believe in anything. He lifts the veil. Sometimes he lifts something else, too. How quickly they have had the doctor summoned this time. What is the matter? Your little one is still asleep. What is her name? Cosette. She is your daughter? You are her grandfather, that is? Yes. It will be easy enough for her to get out of here. I have my service door, which opens on the courtyard. I knock, the porter opens, I have my vintage basket on my back, the child is in it, I go out. Father Fauchelevent goes out with his basket, that is perfectly natural. You will tell the child to keep very quiet. She will be under the cover. I will leave her for whatever time is required with a good old friend, a fruit-seller whom I know, in the Rue Chemin Vert, who is deaf and who has a little bed. I will shout in the fruit-seller's ear that she is a niece of mine, and that she is to keep her for me until to-morrow. Then the little one will re-enter with you, for I will contrive to have you re-enter. It must be done. But how will you manage to get out? Jean Valjean shook his head. No one must see me. The whole point lies there, Father Fauchelevent. Find some means of getting me out in a basket under cover, like Cosette. Fauchelevent scratched the lobe of his ear with the middle finger of his left hand, a sign of serious embarrassment. A third peal created a diversion. That is the dead doctor taking his departure, said Fauchelevent. He has taken a look and said, She is dead, that is well. When the doctor has signed the passport for paradise, the undertaker's company sends a coffin. If it is a mother, the mothers lay her out. If she is a sister, the sisters lay her out. After which I nail her up. That forms a part of my gardener's duty. A gardener is a bit of a grave-digger. She is placed in a lower hall of the church, which communicates with the street and into which no man may enter save the doctor of the dead. I don't count the undertaker's men and myself as men. It is in that hall that I nail up the coffin. The undertaker's men come and get it, and whip up coachmen. That's the way one goes to heaven. They fetch a box with nothing in it, they take it away again with something in it. That's what a burial is like. De profundis. A horizontal ray of sunshine lightly touched the face of the sleeping Cosette who lay with her mouth vaguely open, and had the air of an angel drinking in the light. Jean Valjean had fallen to gazing at her. He was no longer listening to Fauchelevent. That one is not listened to is no reason for preserving silence. 
the good old gardener went on tranquilly with his babble. The grave is dug in the Vaugirard Cemetery. They declare that they are going to suppress that Vaugirard Cemetery. It is an ancient cemetery which is outside the regulations, which has no uniform, and which is going to retire. It is a shame, for it's convenient. I have a friend there, Father Mestienne, the gravedinger. The nuns here possess one privilege. It is to be taken to that cemetery at nightfall. There is a special permission from the prefecture on their behalf. But how many events have happened since yesterday? Mother Crucifixion is dead, and Father Madeleine is buried, said Jean Valjean, smiling sadly. Fauchelevent caught the word. Goodness, if you were here for good, it would be a real burial. A fourth peal burst out. Fauchelevent hastily detached the belled kneecap from its nail and buckled it on his knee again. This time it is for me. The mother prioress wants me. Good. Now I am pricking myself on the tongue of my buckle. Monsieur Madeleine, don't stir from here and wait for me. Something new has come up. If you are hungry, there is wine, bread, and cheese. And he hastened out of the hut, crying, Coming! Coming! Jean Valjean watched him hurrying across the garden as fast as his crooked leg would permit casting a sidelong glance, by the way, on his melon-patch. Less than ten minutes later, Father Fauchelevent, whose bell put the nuns in his road to flight, tapped gently at a door, and a gentle voice replied, Forever, forever, that is to say, enter. The door was the one leading to the parlor reserved for seeing the gardener on business. This parlor adjoined the chapter-hall. The prioress, seated on the only chair in the parlor, was waiting for Fauchelevent. End of Book 8, Chapter 1 Recording by Kalinda in Lüneburg, Germany on March 13, 2009